1: Welcome to Inside Sources. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio. Uh, of course, uh, we're continuing to follow all the happenings as it relates to Iran and Iraq, uh, what is going on uh, with a, a potential vote today in the House on the War Powers Act. You just heard on Dave and Djanovic the interview with Senator Mike Lee, uh, who's been making a, uh, an important conversation, an important stand there. We'll play a little audio from that uh, coming up here shortly uh, because I do think that's a, a critical thing. And, and it's very important, uh, as you know, those of you who uh, tune in every day, part of what we're trying to do is, is separate the rage so we can get to the reason, uh, to the reasonable responses uh, to things. And there are a lot of folks in the national media who are trying to take Senator Lee's statements yesterday and today uh, and turn it into an anti-Trump issue that uh, this vote on the war powers is to limit President Trump's power. And the the reality is, is he's trying to limit all presidents' power <laughs> now and into the future of either political party. Uh, so this is something that Senator Lee has worked on since he got to the Senate nine years ago. And so it's important to separate that out. This isn't an anti-Trump move uh, in any way, shape or form. It is a proper role of government and balance of powers and who is supposed to do what. And when it comes to declaring war, uh, Congress has that job and uh, needs to maintain that job. Congress, again, uh, leaders from both parties have done this over the years, uh, ceded that power to the executive branch, and uh, they may have to go to a full uh, Restoration Act <laughs> to uh, to claw that back, and that will be difficult. Most of what you're seeing today will be very symbolic Uh, in terms of a vote in the House. uh, As with most things, it will uh, die on uh, Senator McConnell's desk with about 400 other bills that uh, the House has passed over the last year. Uh, That's where all good things go to die. Uh, So we'll continue to monitor and watch that. And we're going to pull a little bit of an audible today. One of the beauties of radio is you can have conversations and things spark ideas. Uh, And I've I've asked uh, Dave to stay A little longer. I'm getting you on the overtime clock is what this is about, Dave.
0: (laughs) Totally fine. Totally
1: fine. (laughs) So Dave and I had a a unique experience. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Dave and I both sit on the Deseret News KSL Combined Editorial Board. And so we have opportunity from time to time to have different people come in uh, from the community and elected officials. And we just had a, a really unique opportunity to sit down with the governor yesterday and while most of the conversation was about dollars and cents and budgets and numbers, uh, there were a couple of moments that were surprising to me in a an incredibly delightful way. Um, and so I, I wanted to have Dave uh, stay back and, again, punch the overtime clock with us for a few minutes. Uh, Dave, I know you grabbed some sound from gov- the governor uh, where he, he really got emotional uh, about this state and and the people. Yes, it
0: was fascinating uh, because here's a governor who's served uh, as long as anybody, any governor we've ever yeah. had, ten years, and it, it was interesting because we were breaking down so many numbers about the budget. He told this story about a California transplant that he yeah. got sent here from uh, by by his, his work. work, yeah and he's like i was dreading it i hated everything about it i i, I couldn't stand it and then two, no, no ocean no ocean and <laughs> no ocean or religious diversity i think is how he said it uh and he he said after two years he, he goes up to the governor and he says after two years you couldn't pay me enough money yeah. to go back to california and when the governor said that his voice kind of caught. Yeah. And uh, we asked him, why, why were you emotional? And and this is his response.
2: I'm a sixth generation Utah. And, uh, my ancestors were looking for a better life. And they found it with the church, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints there's other opportunities out there in religion I'm not saying that's it uh, but they came and they sacrificed a lot to come here in a God forsaken place that nobody wanted people were going to California they are going to Oregon Washington they were not staying here in the Utah Territory when Brigham Young came and said, you know, this is the right place, drive on. It was mainly because they wanted isolation, the ability to worship. But he did say, we'll make the desert blossom as a rose. And those pioneers did some unique things. They planted a crop for those who came after them. They smoothed out the trail for those who came after Not that they were going to use them again, but for those who were to follow. They cared about the generations after them. And I appreciate the sacrifice of so many people have made me, uh, allowed for me to have a good life. And now it's not a not a place that's forsaken. That, you know, if you're just looking for isolation in this high desert area where there's just a few trees and, and rabbits and sagebrush. People want to come here now. That's remarkable metamorphosis. And I just hope I'm doing my part to add to that value and that... Uh, You know, I see the change has occurred and people wanting to come here. And that should make us all emotional. We ought to all be grateful for what we have here today, thanks to those who've gone before. And when I have somebody come up and say, you couldn't pay me enough money to go to where they used to go, California. The 49ers and the gold strike and all that California's got going for it, which is a lot. And they're saying, you know, this is the place. <laughs> it rings true to me. The first governor said this is the right place. And the seventeenth governor is saying it's still the right place.
1: Oh, I I I love that. And the the first governor said this is the right place. The seventeenth governor says it is still the right place. And, and and Dave, what it was it was really an electric moment in inside the uh the root the boardroom there and you know a lot of times the boardroom is a is a pretty cold, pretty dry place where we're we're talking facts and asking yeah. hard questions of people who come to present to the editorial board. And one, I was so thrilled that uh, Desert News editor Doug Wilkes asked that follow-up question of why are you emotional about that? And then the governor's response to me we uh, we often criticize politicians for being pretty crass and and it's about their own power and so on. Uh, this was such an authentic moment from Governor Gary Herbert coming at uh, at the end. This was his 11th appearance before the editorial board on budgets. Uh, to have that kind of an emotional connection, uh, his his love of the state and his love of the people of the state, uh, it was really an electric moment.
0: Well, and you look at what he's accomplished in those 10 years, and one of the things that he takes uh, great pride in is how much education has grown Mm -hmm. under his watch, at least education funding, and even the quality of education has all soared under his uh, stewardship. He he said we've nearly doubled the budget in the past 10 years. Uh, That's an investment, and that goes very much to what he was talking about there. He said we are planting crops, so to speak, for the The generations generations. that are going to come. And we don't get that kind of humanity out of, politicians very often uh, i think perhaps he, he can kind of see this is his last year this is his yeah. uh, swan song and and you could tell that there's a legacy there that he appreciates yeah and that, and that is meaningful to him yeah
1: and that whole idea of uh, planting the crops for the future generations much as the pioneers did for those that would follow them as he said they weren't going back to any of those places yeah. <laughs> at least they hope not right uh and so they but they still did that and and i do think that's always the test of leadership The test of leadership is what do you do when you don't have to do anything? What do you do? Uh, I would always say to businesses the most dangerous day in the life of your company is the day you're successful because it's so easy to uh, to get comfortable and rest on your laurels. Uh, And I also think it's I think he was sort of laying some groundwork there in terms of, I think, how he might message uh, whoever takes that job Uh, just a year from now. Exactly a year from now, we'll have a new governor in this state. And I think he was sort of saying this is a unique opportunity. Let's make sure we plan for the future as well.
0: I thought the exact same thing. In fact, uh, after we had already wrapped, I, I asked him a quick little question. I said, well, you've doubled the uh, educational budget over the last 10 years. Do you think it's going to double over the next 10? <laughs> and he laughed. He said, I hope so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> Dave Noriega from uh, Dave and Janovic. Uh, thanks for sticking around a little extra with us today. and Great insight onto uh, Governor Gary Herbert uh, presenting his budget yesterday, uh, but more importantly, showing that it's not about the dollars, it's about making a difference and about making the world a better place. And and this is why Utah is no longer just the crossroads of the West. It's really positioned and poised to be the crossroads to the world. So we'll continue to have that conversation. Thanks for joining us, Dave. All right, when we come back, I'm going to be joined by my friend Teresa Deer from Chicago. Uh, we're going to be talking about living by declarations, not disclaimers. Heavy warning for the political folks. We're coming after you next on KSL News Radio.